I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Resource Real Talk About Real Estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. Back, ooh, and I'm Jay Pitts. It was like your Batman voice. Well, I mean, we had a hiatus, unfortunately, due to a lost voice. Yes, it's good to have your voice back. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it went away, but it does come back. So there we go. Well, we'll keep it low-key today. But today, we're going to talk about something in real estate that gets talked about a lot, but... We want to kind of take a fresh take on it and maybe let you hear something that you haven't heard. In the spirit of tactical advice giving, which is kind of what we're focusing on here in season two, today we're going to talk about some of the most common objections that real estate agents face in their day-to-day business. And as we say that, you probably think of a handful of them right off the bat, like, hey, will you cut your commission? There's, I mean, there's some that everyone knows, but some of them maybe you don't think about as often and maybe need a good way to overcome or to to challenge head on. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely, Gabe. I mean, like we said, season two is tactical. It's one of our favorite words. You can, you can source it in every episode we've ever recorded, (laughs) but you know, some of the feedback we've gotten is we've been slightly philosophical, which there's a place for that. Season one, season one (laughs) is the place for it. So we're going to leave it there. We're going to touch on, you know, practical, tactical, tips practical tactical i like that tactical practical i don't know which comes first what do you think which comes first practical i like practical tactical all right there you go all right i'll leave it to you so let's jump right into it right so everyone knows especially if you're someone that's in coaching or you've been in the business a while someone's taught you about objection handlers right we talk about objection handlers a lot which are kind of these they're not scripts per se they can be but they're like these prefabricated uh, arguments that you can make to tear down uh, someone else's argument about why you should either take less money for what you do or why you should do something a certain way. And it's not always argumentative, too. I'm building it up to be this really confrontational thing. Sometimes it's just about overcoming someone's lack of uh, expectations. Sometimes people don't know what to expect in the real estate process. Uh, and there's certain ways to overcome preconceived notions about how the business works, right? So as I mentioned, one of the most common ones and one of the areas where I feel like the normal consumer has a lot of confusion is about how real estate agents get paid, how much they get paid, and why it's such a sticking point, you know? And it's always something that people are taught by fellow consumers that's negotiable, right? So when you go into a listing appointment, Jay, say you're meeting with a prospective client, the first question maybe is, well, what percentage? What percentage are you going to take as your commission, right? Sure. So what do you tell them in that case? Okay, well, let's take a step back real quick. Let's talk about what an objection is. I mean, the word, the the basis is object. It's a verb, right? An objection is the action of objecting. Yeah. Um, In a sales situation, it has become known as a barrier, a barrier or an adversarial situation between a consumer and a service provider or the seller of a product. Right. Now, it doesn't have to be that way. Okay, in our situation, most of the time, especially if you're a, a qualified professional, someone that has a good business, 
It is simply helping the consumer understand unknowns, calming concerns, allowing them to achieve what they hope to achieve. Right. Now, your example is absolutely correct. Now, I would argue that the greatest objection is list price for a seller. That's a good one. Okay. Yep. And we will but, talk about that. But, but common is commission. Commission is our compensation that we receive from helping a buyer and seller procure a transaction and move it along to a closing. Yeah. Now, there there are, you know, all sorts of conversations to have surrounding the mythical magical 6% that most people would call industry standard. Which you have unquote, to be careful about calling which it is, industry is standard. We, you know, I'm a real estate broker and I do not practice price fixing. So I am speaking on behalf of what a consumer would might say um, when I say that. So you're right. Everything is negotiable. Everything is always negotiable. Every term of a bilateral contract, which is a listing agreement, you know, a sales agreement, all the terms are negotiable um, between the principles to that contract. Now, the objection of will you take less for commission is really no different than, you know, asking the salesman at a car lot if they'll being at a know, farmer's market, will you take less for this cabbage, right? It, I mean, it's it's, the same it's thing. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, certain industries expect there to be negotiation. It's something that agents should expect. If they get upset by having to negotiate commission, then it just shows you that they're not prepared to deliver the value that they should deliver. So if you're an industry professional and you hear, would you take less? What that basically just means is this uh, is the seller is exercising their ability to negotiate. As they should. As they should. They probably do have some preconceived notion that the value provided is not e- equal to the price the price tag that comes with it. Right. And it is your job, it is your opportunity, if you will, to show that you're worth what you charge. Yeah. Okay, now we're not going to speak in generalities here. Okay, if if I offer someone my services, there's a price associated. A couple of things that you need to keep in mind when, quote, unquote, overcoming the pricing objection, or not the pricing, but the commission objection, um, is you should keep in mind that your work is typically, if you're like most realtors I know, is typically speculative. Right. Okay. And you need to highlight that fact. Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, I work for you with no promise of compensation. You have to achieve the desired result in order for me to be able to be compensated for what I do for you. Okay. Now, I understand that I cannot get the job done and that probably though it doesn't cost you dollars directly, it may indirectly cost you dollars. It may cost you time, but um, understand that our interests are aligned here because the only way I get paid is helping you achieve exactly what you want, achieve the desired outcome or at least an acceptable outcome. Like you still have all the power, Mr. Miss seller, you still have the power to reject an offer that I would bring you. You're never required to accept an offer to purchase from any purchaser. Okay, even if they write you an offer for your full asking price and you disagree with some of the terms, you can reject that offer flat and move on. In that situation, I would still not be owed a fee. So really what you need to understand here is that I'm here to listen. I'm here to understand you, what you're hoping to accomplish, and deliver that outcome. Well, Step number one. Jay, I can respect all of that, and I know it must be really scary for you having to work on a speculative basis. 
But we're planning to list our house for $200,000 and 6%, I mean, $12,000 is a lot of money. Don't you think you could still do all that for 10? You know, I appreciate that. Um, and I understand why you would ask, you know, the single largest expense associated with selling is likely to be your real estate commission. Okay. And then there's a reason for that. It's because of the value of the service provided. Okay. I'll, I'll submit to you some, some, uh, some statistics. Okay. According to the national association of realtors for sale by owners net on average, 86% of original list price. Okay. That's a 14% Delta. Okay. I'm asking for 6% in this case. That's the fee that I've quoted you for my fee. Now, um, for my compensation. Now, the difference between 6 and 14 is pretty substantial. So it's more than double. It's more than double. So what you need to understand is, is that the fee is commensurate with the service provided. I'm going to illustrate for you, or I have illustrated for you, all the things that I'm going to do to make sure that you don't sell for 86% of less price. Absolutely. And so it's brilliant what you just did here, right? We're talking about reframing these preconceived notions. The preconceived notion uh, at a surface level is if I work with an agent, I have to give away 6% of my proceeds. If I don't work with an agent, I keep 100% of my proceeds. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. But when you when you frame it this way, you're telling them, no, 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 no that's not it. You, there will be costs associated with getting your home sold. Do it with an expert. It, in this case, it's 6%. Do it on your own. All mistakes and warts along the way, it might be 14%. It's abundance or scarcity. Yeah. Okay, that's the difference. You have to turn it on its head. They're coming to you from a place of scarcity, and what you need to do is bring them to a place of abundance, okay? You're not promised 100% of your list price ever, mm -hmm. okay? To achieve 94% net, okay, you have to have the best of the best representation, Okay, so in, in our example, Gabe, okay, or excuse me, uh, an example that I can give you, in our market, my team averages, our team, JT Pitts and Associates, averages 98% of list price at the time of contract. As so, opposed to this 86 you just, exactly, you just exactly. So 98% of your asking price is what we get you on average. The market bears closer to 96%. It's just slightly above 96%. It's roughly a 2% difference. Okay? okay. So on your example of a $200,000 sales price, that 2% represents a $4,000 difference. Right. Okay. So we also sell for about 25% faster. Okay. So if you have, you know, a, a 60 day on market average sales cycle, okay, you can knock 25% off that or 15 days off of that. And we sell in about 45 days. Right. Okay. So you know what, in order to convey my value to a seller, I say we sell as compared to the average realtor for 2% more and 25% faster. What that means for you is two weeks less on market. Okay. Two weeks that you could be, uh, preparing to move and getting into your next home or two weeks that you could be enduring more showings. Um, and we sell for about $4,000 more. Okay. So, you know, if you compare me to essentially selling for sale by owner, there's a good chance you're going to have to allow a three, at least a 3% commission because the buyer is going to be represented and you're not going to want to pass on, on buyers at 3%. Okay. So we're really only talking about a 3% difference and I've just made up two of it right there. Yeah. But, and that's, and that's not even a difference between you and for sale by owner. That's between you and the average realtor. That's exactly. assuming you can provide yourself equivalent service to the average realtor, which the, we know they can't. Right. So it, it's about showing them, okay, 
showing them that their, their, their equity is not guaranteed that this is an scarce mindset versus an abundance mindset. I'm here to win you your, your hard earned equity. I'm not here to cost you it. Yeah. It's, it's taking it. Like we said, it's reframing. It's not like you start with a hundred percent and let's see what you have to spend. It's I'm going to show you how I can get you 94% as opposed to this path that'll get you 86, this path that'll get you X, Y, Z. And now you're showing value instead of defending your value, right? Now you're propping yourself up instead of defending why you think you should get paid to do your job. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, and that's unfortunate that most people, most agents fall victim to being reactive and, you know, emotional and driven by hurt feelings. Um, and, and they just project the wrong image. They project the wrong, um, that that's not confidence building, no. Can I when, tell you a car sales story yes, that goes right into this? Yes, please. Jay and I, if you if you haven't heard on the podcast before, both have roots in used car sales. Or you did new cars, I guess. I did a lot of used cars, too. Anyway, I sold Kias, which is a whole other thing. Anyways, Kias I had a guy... Kias are like luxury nowadays, by the way. <laughs> right. I had a guy who was uh, a good friend when I was selling cars, a great guy, but he gave me some of the worst advice I'd ever heard when he was talking about how to... Uh, explain how you get paid as someone who sells cars if you're ever asked a question and defending how you get paid like we're talking about here defending your commission so to speak uh because a savvy car buyer would say well how much are you getting paid on this you know if you take some of this off i'll take some of this off etc uh, and his big thing was like you just need to get on their level and say hey this is this is how i feed my family you know this is how this is how i support myself and it's really important to me that i make this money and it's this real defensive reactive turtle shell kind of way it's like please please allow me to get paid. Please tell me it's okay to earn the money that I make. And I mean, I know this is a completely different industry, so I'm not gonna go too far down the rabbit hole, but that's what we're saying, right? It's the difference of saying, don't you think I should get paid upswing, right? It's not that it's, this is why I'm worth every dollar that you spend to make sure you get exactly what you want. And here's all the stats that I have to prove it. Yeah. Lean into, I mean, did you hear me say before your commission is more than likely going to be your single greatest expense of selling. Mm -hmm. And there's good reason for that. And that's kind of bold. When you say that to me as a seller, you're saying, Hey, paying me is going to be the most expensive part of this. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) No, absolutely. I am the most expensive part of this process. And rightly so. Here's why. Well, and and that's the thing. It's not cocky, but it is confident. And there is a fine line. Yeah. So, you know, all of this should be taken with the understanding that you have to remain in rapport with your client or your prospective client. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's flip it a little bit. Instead of talking about commissions, let's go back to what you said about uh, negotiating sales price. So now I'm the same seller and we're talking about selling at 200, uh, but you think my house should be listed for 180 at the very most, right? This is something that a lot of agents, especially when they're new in the business, especially when they're working on getting as many listings as they can, they're willing to take a mispriced or an overpriced listing to get the inventory, right? So how do you defend your educated expert opinion of what a house should be priced at? Okay. So again, it's rooted in, in rapport. Okay. You have to be in rapport. You have to remain in rapport. A sing, the single greatest challenge of any realtor is to have difficult. We've talked about it at nauseum mm-hmm. on this podcast. Really good episode. Have difficult conversations effectively, right? be an effective communicator to telling someone something they don't want to hear that that is job one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you are going to unfortunately have to bust the bubble, yeah. okay, you have to do it respectfully from a place of strength, 
from a place of understanding and empathy. So come at it with that. So, so my recommendation to you, and we're not going to go into NLP, soften your tone. Okay. Okay. Bring it down. Bring it down. Like you're talking to your grandmother. Okay. Okay. You know, in her, in her late years when the hearing is not so well, okay, you dropped, gotcha. you dropped the tone. Okay. And then you say something to the effect of, look, um, I, Gabe, I totally understand where you're coming from. I, I really empathize and I totally understand why you would want to get most out of this property as, as possible. You know, this is, this is the home that your family's known. I understand the emotional attachment. Okay. So we see what I'm doing there. I'm speaking, Absolutely. I'm speaking into existence, the things that they're worried about me seeing. Not only that, but you're also cutting a pathway to what they're really trying to get in my mind. Maybe I'm really trying to get 200. It's the number. It's the number. What you're saying is what I hear you telling me is that you really want to make as much money as possible on the sale. And now I'm like, well, yeah, that's so, what I want. So I'm, I'm blurring the lines a little bit. Okay. Because if they're hard and fast on a number, which you didn't, you didn't express that scenario, but that is one that we run into quite a bit. Sure. Okay. So I'm, I'm blurring the lines a little bit. So I want to move them off of that $200,000 number to that, that in their mind might be the most money they could get out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm moving them to the highest amount of success the, as possible. The subjective, destination of the best, the best I can do. Yep. I want them thinking about that rather than being fixated on a number. Exactly. Okay. So I, I then am going to understand what principles of influence that exist here. Okay. So a lot of times people value and, um, this is, you know, well-documented, okay. Throughout several different people, but people appreciate, certain things, right? They appreciate uh, reciprocity. They appreciate consistency. They appreciate commitment, social proof, you know, authority, honesty, scarcity. Yeah. Like these are, these are motivating factors. These are drivers of influence. Okay. So what I'm going to try to do is identify what is moving them in the direction they're going. And then I'm going to latch onto that Mm -hmm. and I'm going to speak their fears into existence and then I'm going to solve for them. So you might have heard me talk about the limbs method yep. of of uh, addressing uh, potential objections. Yep. It's to listen, isolate, mirror, and solve. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first I want to hear you, so yep. I have to draw that out of you. Then I want to isolate that. That's what we're doing with understanding the drivers of influence. Is isolate that one issue, and then I want to mirror, which is how you show empathy, and then I want to solve for that problem. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of times, I may use storytelling to interject a potential negative outcome associated with assumptions they might make, which doubles are, as a false. way to showcase your experience. So exactly, and 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 it's also social proof, so you know that that is influencing their decision making by showing them a story. So uh, selling is storytelling. I say that all the time. Yeah. Selling is storytelling. So why don't we do this? Why don't we just role play this? I love it. Very, very briefly. And so I can tell you, cause I'm, I'm speaking a lot of words that people may, I don't want to be too philosophical here. I want to actually do it. Okay. So, so you're trying to list your house for too much money. 200. And so, okay. So I would say something like, you know what, Gabe, I totally understand why you would want, you know, to get the absolute highest price for your property. And you know, I, um, I, I know it's your family's home and you've probably spent a lot of time here. You've you know, invested a lot of sweat equity, a lot of your own hard earned dollars here. This is where your kids came home from the hospital. Totally understand the emotional attachment. I'm just trying to maybe understand where you're, where you're drawing some of your numbers from. Um, and so that I might be able to help you understand, you know, where the market is right now. So what's, what's driving you towards that number? Well, Jay, I mean, we just last year, I mean, like I told you, we put $7,000 in the kitchen we put a couple of thousand dollars in the bathroom. So sure. we've, we've done some things to the house to make it nicer. And 
you know, four four doors down over here, this house it sold for you know one ninety five, and right. I know our house is nicer than that. We just you know, like I said, we just redid our bathrooms, and sure. we've got you know a nice fence where they've got a chain link fence. And just compared to what I see from my neighbors, I don't think there's any reason why I couldn't sell for 200. Sure. No. And I, you know what, Gabe, I totally understand. And I know about your fence and all those things you've shown me, you have a, you have a beautiful home and, um, you know, I, I, I really understand where you're coming from and that investment and the intangible value that you feel like you've, you've, um, you know, built into the property. Right. And, and I also know that, you know, based on our prior discussions that, you know, that, you're never going to get a hundred percent dollar for dollar return on the improvements that you make on a piece of property, unless you add square footage, as you well know. Sure. You know, we, we don't, we don't return a hundred percent. So a lot of that, you know, those dollars that you've spent have returned enjoyment for you and your family. Now, here's what I'll say. You know, the house down there did sell for 195 and I do believe, okay, that you have some, some very real, um, you know, features about your home that improve upon those other ones. How on that, on that particular sale, however, that home has about 150 more square feet. Okay. Okay. Which when you understand the way value is calculated, it's really a lot of times based on size price per square foot is an imperfect method of valuation. And there are some pushes and pulls, but I need you to understand that one thing. And we're going to consider these other factors about these other comps that I brought with me here in just a second and hopefully arrive at a price that's really, um, that you and I can agree on. Now, one thing I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about the risks of improper pricing. Okay. So time out. Yeah. All right. Pause. So, so what have I done here of I've listened? Yep. I feel like okay. you listened to everything I said. You repeated a lot of it back to me to make sure that I knew that I was heard. Absolutely. Uh, you put my, you put yourself in the same shoes as I am. Say we know you didn't say you know that, or I know that. You said, we know that when we make these improvements, a lot of it is enjoyment that we receive ourselves, and we don't get 100% of that back. So I definitely feel like you're, you're tracking with me, and you understand what I'm looking for. And right now, I'm listening. Like, I'm on the edge of my seat to hear what you're about to say. Well, because you're expecting me... To spit your number back to me? To, or, or to refute directly. Yeah. So, so, like, so no it's, way it's going to so suffer So it's 200. very important that you don't do that. Yeah. Okay, so what I've done is I've, I've listened. I've isolated a few of your issues. I've, I've mirrored some empathy for you and I've solved a little bit. I've test solved on the, the higher price per square foot argument, Mm -hmm. you know, or the, the higher square footage argument of the, uh, of the comp, but I didn't go headlong into it. Okay. And then I pivoted off. And and one thing I want you to catch here, I'm making the point that you don't get a dollar for dollar return on improvements, but I projected that point onto you. Right. And I made you smarter for knowing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So instead of saying, Gabe, now I'm not sure if you know this, but you don't get dollar for dollar back when you renovate, when you renovate a kitchen, because then what's my only option as an answer I to can be say, offended. I can say, I can either be offended or I can say, Oh, and look dumb and, and you know? feel bad. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm leading you to feel bad or I'm calling you an idiot. Neither of which I want to do to stay in rapport. So what I've done is I've projected something that you may or may not have known. And you just said, we know that. Of course. And I did it right there with you. Like I'm right here with you. I'm, I'm putting us in that trench together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and projecting knowledge that is maybe industry inside knowledge, but I'm projected it onto you and made you an informed consumer and tiny little NLP detail. Also mm-hmm. for me to save face and to stay on the level playing field with you, 
you say we know this, and for me to be tracking, I have to not agree. Say, yeah, we know that. And now Absolutely. I'm. What am I doing? I'm agreeing. I'm subconsciously agreeing with you already, and it's laying the framework for yeah. later agreement. Which, Absolutely. Without okay. Going too deep so, down the so, 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 moving on on pricing because this is something that that tactical that I really feel like everyone should hear. Right. Before we move on to other objections, is you want to present uh, pricing strategies, pricing models, if you will. Um, a strategy sounds better than a plan. Okay. A model sounds better than a strategy. So you want to talk in such a way that you are the only one talking that way to this consumer. Mm -hmm. If they're, if they're interviewing others, you want them to feel that you have a leg up on your competition to the point that no one else spoke to them this way. Okay. So, so I'm going to go into, we, we as a team, Talk about three different pricing strategies. I love this. Yeah. Okay. So the pricing strategies are low, middle, and high. Right. Or it's that simple. we can say aspirational, market based. Well, but you're not going to say low, middle, and high because that doesn't sound very smart. Right. Okay. Low, middle, and high is names. the truth. The fancy names are event pricing, low. And I, and I draw a comparison to an auction environment yeah, where you're making an event out of where that. we're making an event out of the sale of your property that gets people excited and emotional and potentially bidding more than they wanted to multiple bidding, multiple bids, a frenzy excitement. Okay. So event pricing, uh, there, there is also depending on your strategy and where you're going in relation to their expectations, like you may want to present it as event pricing, you may want to present it as market-based pricing, which is middle. Okay. And you, but most often, I mean, I can't honestly really can't see a situation where you would recommend what we call aspirational pricing. It's there specifically to be the dodo bird of the group. Exactly. Like, like you use this strategy when your seller tells you they want to list at 15% too high and you, you basically let them down very easily by saying, I totally understand again, why you would want to get as much as you can possibly get for this property. But what I'm here to help you understand is, is that particular pricing model we call aspirational pricing. Now I'm not saying it won't happen, Gabe, but what I am saying is that it's unlikely. Okay. There may be that needle in a haystack buyer out there that falls in love with the breeze that you get that two doors down doesn't. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that perfectly aligns with your taste, your color, your choices, your, all your, all your, your choice of appliances, all your things, all the things that you did, these people that appreciate and want to pay top dollar for every choice you ever made with respect to presenting this property to the market. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If that person exists, there's not that many of them because everybody appreciates different things about a home. Okay. More than likely we're going to land in a market based or even in an event pricing situation where when we price below market, we can drive interest and intensity to, to get a higher price later. It really depends, but it is the dodo bird. You don't do aspirational. It's a nice way of saying you don't overprice your house. And it's handy because you have an endless amount of examples of aspirational pricing failures at your fingertips. In minutes, you can pull up an example. Here's your neighbor down the street. Their property has been on the market for 91 days, and we can see they're on their third price reduction for where they listed an aspirational very, price. Very and then easy bam, to it's in front of them. They can see very it. easy to illustrate. So we can get into more about pricing strategies, event, market based, and aspirational pricing, and how to present and how to present those specifically because there are ways you can actually literally walk in with a comp that represents each pricing strategy and defeat or play up 
the strategy based on, you know, those particular markers and, and it really, really plays well. So, but, but let, let me just be, be the first to say for any consumers that might be listening, there are no Jedi mind tricks. Okay. We're not trying to get you to do something you shouldn't do. I'm just merely exercising the point that I'm a professional. I am the expert. I know more than likely what the house will sell for. Okay. And it is my job to help you make decisions despite your preconceived notions that may or may not be true. And that's really all it is. Okay. So unfortunately, sometimes sellers are ill-informed by the media, by their neighbor who, you know, exaggerates what they may have gotten for their property. Sure. Um, they, they, Oftentimes they look at list prices only initial list prices, not sale prices, two, three, 4% matters. Right. And when they conceded two, three, 4%, you know, that, that means your comparison is off. You just can't do it. You got to use perfect knowledge. Yeah. All right. Which is what we're trying to do. Exactly. There's tools at your fingertips. It's about how you present it, which is what I want all of these to be about. Let's do, let's do another one before we run out of time. Another really common one. Um, maybe not as common, but, and we hear about it in different markets more than others. When someone wants you to take a very short listing contract, like say, well, you say you can sell it, you know, why don't you take a two week listing contract? And if it doesn't work out, you know, maybe we'll find somebody else. They want you to take an unrealistic selling time frame, And now you have to defend why you think you need longer than that. That's a tricky one. So I, I want to see this. what you would say. I love this, especially in the environment that we're in, we're listing sell fast and it's a seller's market. Well, yeah. They're like, they sold in two days. They sold in three days. Oh, and if well, you, you charge this much and you say you're that good, let's just sign it for two weeks. And if you can sell in two weeks, like you say, great. If not, we're going to go yeah. discount broker. Put your, put your money where your mouth is. Okay. So let me tell you what I'm going to do in this case. I'm taking the listing. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm taking the listing. Um, if I really think that it is sellable and their price is where I need it to be. Right. Um, because I think I can deliver the results in uh, two weeks, 30 days, whatever, whatever it may be. I'm going to take it. Okay. I, uh, here's what I, here's what else I know. I also know that switching is kind of a pain. Okay. So once they're with me and I at least had that two week to four week audience to show them that I've the best fit for the job, even if the results haven't been attained yet, they're not going to move. Interesting. So you're saying you're going to take the bet and yeah. instead of having to lose face in the initial meeting, you're going to say, yeah, I can do it. And even if you don't, you're going to show them the results of what they can expect yeah. in that two weeks. If and only if the pricing is where it needs to be yeah. because price is the equalizer. You're not going to shoot yourself okay. in the foot if you know no, absolutely, absolutely not. Listen, term of contract is not about how long it's going to take you to sell it. The objection comes when they don't know if they've made the right decision. I need, yeah. I need a commitment from you. I'm giving you my commitment. You get everything I have. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to half step and bring you a third of what I presented to you today. I'm bringing you a hundred percent without fail. If you don't think that you've gotten it, fire me at any time. Ooh. And I will literally let anyone cancel a listing contract at any time. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of bold to highlight that. I mean, like you said, it's not cocky, confident. No, know, I but- do because listen, Gabe, look, it, it's not about that. The, there's just so many, there, there's so many truths out there that are just easy to illustrate. If someone, I need your commitment to let me do my job. Mm-hmm. I need your commitment and confidence. If the commitment or confidence is shaken or broken, 
there's a good chance that we're going to part ways because it doesn't do me any good to hold you in a contract that you don't want to be in. Right? It yeah. does no one any good. Move on. Move on to someone that you feel good about working with. And that now that never happens. Right. I mean, to me, it never happens. It may happen to some agents, but it doesn't happen. If, if I let a listing go, it's because I wanted to. Okay? Now, I will say that most times I will probably take the bet, as you said. Sure. But it's, but it's really not a bet. It's like, do you want to hire me or not? Yeah. Okay. You know, I lost a, uh, I lost a three month, I took a three month listing because I had a really aggressive type. You, you would remember this property. Yeah. I picked up, I picked up a buyer that bought a really expensive home and had a nice listing behind it at an open house for this house. Okay. They did not sell in three months. I got my, I got my price close to where I wanted in exchange for that. I got a three month listing agreement okay. and I took the bet if you will. Sure. And they didn't renew after three months and I was very frustrated. It was a poor time of year to be selling that type of property. And I had an offer with five days left on the listing agreement and they sold it for the same price that I had an offer at, but they sold it two weeks after oh, my man. listing expired. Right. So, which is really frustrating. Okay. But I turned, turned it into something. So that wasn't a loss completely. And, but that happens every, every once in a while, but that, that relationship was broken. I don't know that I would have wanted it back. Okay. Yeah. And, and through no fault of my own, I, you know, I think I got them. I did. I delivered an offer at what they eventually sold for. And so I did it. And in I a did. way, you really did deliver the results that within they my, within my contract period. Yeah. And they sold it for the same money 10 days later. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, but no professional, no consumer can guarantee a good working relationship. Yeah. At the heart of this is there's no, we're, what we're saying is there's no reason to go into a meeting already doubting yourself because what are you expecting them to do? They're just going to doubt you even more. You're not going to go in there and say, well, maybe I can do it. And they're going to say, no, of course you can. It's, that's never, that's not how it goes. You have to go in with the amount of confidence commensurate with the type of person that's going to deliver the results that you're promising. Dude, I, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody will. Exactly. It's Let me take really this simple. one more place before we finish. Um, we're going to flip it. We talk mostly about sellers now. I do want to talk about buyer objections a little bit. A specific scenario comes to mind. Uh, you said something a moment ago where the, the objection about listing period is not really about listing period. It's about, is this the right person that we hired? Right? Like, is, is this the person for the job? Talking to an agent in this office in the last week, uh, heard a story about a buyer appointment that they went on where they're working with a very type A, high D kind of buyer who was very open about the fact that they're going to see properties with the listing agents only. They don't have an exclu- any exclusive representation and they're not interested because they don't understand why buyer's agents get paid at all. Like, what do you, what do, you do to deserve half of that 6%, 6%, 7% commission? Like, basically, you're giving me tours of these homes. So, no, I don't have an exclusive buyer's agent. And this agent immediately... Uh, is on their toes having to explain why they bring value to the equation. And they have to convince this person basically in this outing in order to get follow-up showings with this person. Like this person has said, I'm not working exclusively with anyone because I don't get it. Like I don't get what makes, what makes me need an exclusive buyer's agent. Now, spoiler alert, this agent on our team did manage to get repeat showings with this person. And it's a slow boil to get them to that place. But we workshopped it a little bit in the office. We're talking about what do you say to this person to convince them that you're valuable as a buyer's agent, because we all know you can say, well, Hey, Mr. And Mrs. Buyer, you know, I don't, I don't get paid until you get exactly what you want. We're going back to what we said before, right? I work for free. I'm showing you these properties for free on the hope that once we both achieve this shared goal, I'm going to get paid. 
But sometimes, like with this person, that's not going to cut it. Like that's not what they're interested in. They don't even know where your value comes from at all. So why don't you go ahead and jump? Because I can see where you desperately want to say something. <laughs> and I'll let you know what I said after that. I have, uh, I have, do, can you see the physical I see the thoughts starting to come out of your the, pores? The physical <laughs> manifestation that, that happens. Okay. So le- first and foremost, you need to understand that there are some consumers out there that just will simply not be helped. Sure. Um, and, and the point is, is not that they don't see value. Well, I guess it is that they don't see value. They In don't, a way, they, they, don't see, they don't see value, but they, they haven't given anyone an opportunity to convey value. Exactly. Did they ask for this or are you like, cause I, the way I can see this happening is it's just very obvious. It reads all over their face. They're not ready to commit, but they're not going to go to length, the links of saying, well, you're not worth 3%. And I don't, I don't know that it was somebody necessarily somebody that confrontational, the, the conversation, yeah. but the way this person described it to me, it came up in conversation in their first meeting. It's like, well, you know, I haven't committed to a buyer's agent because I don't really understand why I need one. You're like, okay, I don't understand, you know, so what that's they not necessarily. Really and that's what I was trying to drive at. Is this a jerk or is it just somebody that doesn't get it? Maybe like half and half. Well, I mean, clearly they're Someone willing, proud. Let's they're say willing, they're proud. they're proud because they're willing to buck the trend. Yeah. Like, I mean, what do you do? You get a realtor. Like that's, you know, a lot of people just accept that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, if I'm buying a house, I need to talk to a realtor. Yeah. Okay, this this person um, doesn't doesn't want to go that route, so th- they're they're skeptical at least. So what I will say is that you are here is my job as a buyer's representative. Here's why you should hire me to be your exclusive representative. Representative. Here is why you shouldn't even walk in a house without me present. Okay. Yeah. First and foremost, I'm here to listen and understand what you're trying to accomplish and advise you what may be reasonable and what may not so that you don't unknowingly pursue an outcome that isn't for you, Mm -hmm. that isn't out there to be achieved. First and foremost, listen. Huge. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Most of the properties for sale, 99.9% of them are available on websites that you have access to. I am not the keeper of information with respect to what is available for sale anymore. That used to be like 30 years ago, but it's not anymore. Yeah. Okay. So yes, you can research your own properties. You can tell me which houses you'd like to see. You can look at the pictures and the maps, read all the school information and the you know, sex offender registry and everything is out there for you. Mm -hmm. You don't need me to show you that. Okay. But what you do need is you need my experience. You don't transact real estate every day. I do. I own rental property. I own my own home. I bought my first house when I was 21 years old. I've been trading real estate every day since. Okay. I, before that, and this isn't true for everybody, but before that I grew up in a real estate family. Okay. I grew up at closing tables and on job sites and painting apartments and being around houses and apartments and real estate transactions, closings, the ins and outs, ups and downs. I know it all. I've, there's nothing I've not seen. And I've been as active as anyone in this city for the last decade. Yeah. Okay. No one has done more business in this town than me. Okay. On residential real estate. Now, what does that mean to you? And I'm being a little aggressive, Gabe, so I'm not going to, I love it. You know, Just whatever. <laughs> I, no, I know this is good for show. Yeah. This is not exactly for our listeners. It's not exactly how it's going to go face to face unless it's like a type a, who is like, we talked about the people who want, who want to, yeah, not necessarily the, butt heads. This but is like, like, they want like, to see what you got. There may be, there may be a, uh, 
this is not <laughs> has nothing to do with male or female, but there may be a bro out there that's like like <laughs> well, test yeah. me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like that yes. guy. <laughs> like come at me, bro. Like th- this is the come at me, bro answer. Okay. So I'm saying, look, no one is more active than me. I've literally sold more than 2,500 homes in my career. Okay, I flip houses, I renovate houses, I built houses, I've auctioned houses, I've managed houses, I rent houses, I've sold sold tons of houses, I market houses, I teach people to market and sell houses. This is what I do. You don't do this. You might do this four or five times in your life. Mm-hmm. Okay? I've done it four or five times this week. <laughs> Boom. Okay? That's a big so, one. No, but here's the thing. I know that that crack does or does not mean something. I know that drywall bubble does or does not mean something. I know this block. I know what that house across the street sold for and why it should concern you. I know that you should buy in this zip code versus that zip code because you're going to get an extra two points in appreciation this year. I know all those things that you do not know. Yeah. Okay. So guess what? You can go to the listing agent from a place of scarcity and hope that they'll discount their commission, which by the way, they're under no obligation to do because they have a contract that outlines their, their commission structure, regardless of whether you buy the house or not. Okay. You can try that road, and if you find a desperate listing realtor, you might win a point or two. But what you're going to lose by not working with somebody like me is more than that. Way more. Way more. And and by the way, we haven't even talked about negotiation. Wait. Oh, I thought you were going to save it for me because that's what I was going to say. That was part of my answer. All right. Well, anyway, go ahead. Anyways, you can check my answer because here's what I talked to this other agent about, and they were on the same page with me. They knew what to do. But we talked well, about – Real quick. I convinced you without even talking about it negotiation yeah i mean i was sold on that okay but negotiation is more valuable than all the other stuff i told right so all the way back to the beginning you talked about this is about revealing your value to someone who's not familiar with it right and so it was clear based on the objection that this agent was given the problem is this person doesn't understand the value that you bring at all they're on page zero they just don't know so we said how do you reveal it and make it clear that you need me you know, you need me, not just whoever you happen across. That's so, you need to paint that as so dangerous. Like, why on earth would you trust your real estate transaction to just anyone, just the person who happened to be there? Yeah. It's like you need someone that you know, trust, and is going to deliver the results, like no question. Absolutely. So we talked about this iceberg analogy, right? It's like, of course you don't understand the value that an exclusive buyer representative is going to bring because so far, here's what you've seen from the 10 buyer agents who have shown you, buyer agents, whatever they are, that have shown you properties. You've seen the exact same thing. You've seen them whip out a super key. You've seen them open a box, take a key, open the door, tell you to look around, ask you what you like, ask you what neighborhoods you like, and they put you back in your car and they say, I'll call you or I'll send you an email. That's all you've seen. You've seen glorified door openers Mm. 10 times in a row, and of course you don't get the value that I bring. And so the answer is, what you don't understand is anybody with a brain can do this. This is not the value that I bring. I don't bring the value by how I open doors for you and show you homes. This is is nothing. It's like the value that you're going to see is when you finally do find the right home and you put it under contract, you need an expert negotiator. You need somebody that knows exactly what's going to happen with repair requests. You need someone that knows exactly what to ask for. You need somebody who's not going to let you lose money because that's, and it goes back to what you said, that's the stuff that you haven't done yet. That's the stuff that you don't know how to do. That's what I do every day. So of course, anyone can show you these. And as a matter of fact, I would trust you to anyone on my team to show you these, but you need somebody that is not going to let you lose a dime when it's time to negotiate the terms of your sales contract, when it's time to negotiate what you're going to have the seller pay for and not pay for on repairs, when it comes to negotiating when you're going to close, when it comes to negotiating how you're going to pay, all of those things, you need someone who's going to make sure you don't miss, and that's me. 
Love it. And I know that you don't get it because you haven't seen it yet. You need me to show you. Well, it's not lost on me, okay, that not everybody that has to overcome this objection has my resume. Sure. Okay. But it's the same conviction. Mm-hmm. Like what you just did was you conveyed without my resume to quote, yeah. right? Because Gabe, you don't have that. No. Okay. You can't quote my resume and my experience, but you with the same level of conviction zeroed in on negotiation. Okay. And with the same amount of conviction, you conveyed how that is a value to the consumer, which is exactly where I was headed because I get, I get these stare, these blank stares when I teach this stuff here in our brokerage from agents to say, all right, Jay, we ain't sold 2,500 houses and we didn't grow up in the real estate industry. And exactly. I haven't sold six houses on that street. This person then, hasn't sold 50 houses, but they do renovate properties. So they can do, like you said, they can say, when it comes time to negotiate, I can tell you what you need to ask for. And if it's stuff that doesn't cost a lot, I'll, I'll hook you up with my guy or girl who does this all the time. I'll get you a good deal. I have connections. That's part of my value. The point is, unfortunately, and not to disparage my kind, but the bar is set so low, which is why these objections exist. Mm-hmm. Okay. The bar is set so low that it doesn't take much. It just takes something, some sort of compelling point, you know, conveyed with conviction to, to completely hit it out of the park. Yeah. I mean, literally, it can be a one-trick pony answer. And if you say it with conviction and it has some level of compellingness to it, like you're going to hit a home run. Mm-hmm. You're going to. You say, you know what? I, here is what I do, and here is why you need me. Houses are selling in six minutes in this neighborhood, and I will door knock every door on the street to find out if they're willing to sell only for you. Yeah. You said you want to be in this neighborhood? I'll find you a house in this neighborhood. You want to be in this neighborhood? I'll, okay. All right. There's nothing on the market. Homes are selling in six minutes. It would behoove us to look off market. I'll door. I'll knock every door to this. And this none afternoon. of the other agents that have shown you houses yet will do. We'll that. do that. Absolutely. I'm not just a key. Okay. Now there's a whole lot more. I'm not going to bore you right now because when we get to negotiation, you'll really see how hard I work for you. But I'm going to knock every door on the street this afternoon. I'll let you go for now. Yeah. I'll call you when I got something. That would really be something if you're someone that heard that. But literally, does does that speak to any sort of experience or resume? No. And it's not exclusive to anyone. That's an effort play. Exactly. People just want to know, Gabe, that you're going to show up for them. Dude, that's it. Yeah. Show up for me. Is this Come about at me, the, bro. Is this about the check for you or is this about what I want and what I need, that's what it. my family is looking for? That's it. And that's why you need exclusive representation. Bam. Well, we're just about out of time for today. I can think of like 900 more objections. I'm thinking maybe this could be a recurring, you know, season one, the recurring kind of series was real estate investing. We were going and talking about it. I think we might have to come back to objections in the future because there's a lot more than what we covered today. Yeah. But hey, that's a wrap for another episode of Resource Real Talk about real estate. If there's a particular objection that you find yourself running into that you just cannot find your way around, or if you have a really good handler that you want to share with the people that consume this podcast, send it to us. Make sure to talk yeah. to us. You can e- email Jay or myself anytime. We're going to make sure that you have all the contact info you need to do that in the notes. Uh, but reach out to us. We want to hear from you and hear what you are dealing with on a daily basis. Yeah. And absolutely, don't forget to check us out on iTunes. Give us a like. Give us a review on all the social resource, our resource on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, check yeah. us out. And send this episode to somebody in your office too. You just finished it. So go ahead and just hit share, send it to somebody in your office and let them know season two just started so they can get it on the ground level. Awesome. Anyways, all right, that's resource. Real talk about real estate. We'll be back real soon with another episode. Until then, see you.